0: welcome to the insomnia project sit back relax and listen as we have a calm conversation about the mundane remember this is the only podcast we hope you never get to the end of thank you for listening i'm your host marco timpano
1: i'm amanda barker
0: Amanda, I want to mention, I never mentioned this on the show, that our podcast is one of the podcasts to help people fall asleep that does not read a story.
1: Mm -hmm. Instead,
0: we have a conversation. Right. Some of the conversations people might find interesting. And if that's the case, just look at our catalog. There's got to be one that is uh, less than fascinating for you. And hopefully that'll work. And if this episode is interesting, well, I apologize. But I wanted to ask you, Amanda, to look up and see the stars and tell me about the stars because you are a fan of astronomy and stars and I'm not
1: I'm not
0: whenever we go somewhere where the stars are bright and wonderful you're always pointing out that's the belt of this that's the oh I mean I really
1: am I don't see that as myself at all but do you know why I do that
0: because you know that it doesn't really interest me very much and you want
1: to no but I didn't but now I know that
0: well, you're a stargazer.
1: I suppose. You know, I, I, I'm perhaps I'm selling myself a bit short. I just – my knowledge of stars is not wide or vast. There are people that are very um, nerdy and in love with astronomy. I would not say I fall into that camp.
0: Nerdy in a good way. You're not disparaging no, people. No, no,
1: that identify, self-identify sure. as nerds. For me, the reason – there's a few things at play. First off – I was in um, high school an an immense fan of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I actually had – I've never told you this, but I had it on – I had one of the books or a section of the books anyway on vinyl, like on a record. Because they – it was a book that was originally much like a podcast that becomes a book. Sure. It was originally a radio series okay. for BBC. I see. And then, I believe, became books after that. Or the books happened and the... It, I can't remember, but I think it was the radio series first. Okay. And I found them very relaxing and loved them quite a bit and would listen. I got one at a sort of a hip record store about an hour away from where I lived where I would go and check out whatever new music they had. And they happened to have it at one point. It was... Probably a resale, like a vintage sure, like... thing. And I bought it. And uh, I would listen to it every night. It was one of the things I would listen to every night. And uh, it had a real... I always found the stars and the galaxy. And I love the, you know... It, it's obviously funny and ironic and all those things. In in a way that only the Brits can truly do. Sure. And I loved that. So I would listen to it nightly for a while to go to sleep, in fact, and
0: uh, and recommend that certainly. Do you remember who the narrator was?
1: Well, I think Douglas Adams himself was one of them, and I'd have to look at who else – Who the other voices were. Oh, it was like a
0: radio play then? Yeah, for all the characters. I see. I thought it was more like a... Like an audio book. Yeah.
1: No, no, it was... And they had sort of sound effects and things like that. So yeah, it was definitely a radio play. So that's why I think it actually started as a radio play and then morphed into
0: books. And so that's why you love looking at stars? That was
1: my first introduction. So I was not into Star Wars or anything like that. But I loved Hitchhiker's Guide. I thought it was a fun commentary on everything and it was otherworldly enough that it was also a bit of an escape for me so um when i got to university i was an art student and you had to get a requisite science to graduate and i didn't take that very seriously because i had taken all my sciences in high school and i was not particularly good, but I was okay. I was pretty good at chemistry. I was quite good at biology. Sure. Physics, not so much. But um, So I was taking psychology when I started, so I thought, well, I'll have some sciences with right. this. And um, I took a geology, and then I never went. Oh. Yeah. I was young and not ready for school is uh, what I now know. And um, so I never went, so I didn't do so great in that course. And then... I took a, a biology, and I love biology, but for whatever reason, I wasn't focused enough. Actually, that might have been the first one I took, and didn't pass that either. Ooh. So now I failed the the two easy science courses, and when I say failed, it was because I didn't go. Right. So it really wasn't until my third year that I started getting serious about university. Somehow I made it through by the skin of my teeth. And picked up my bootstraps and actually started working. Great. So then in my fourth year, I was short that science credit. I hadn't figured it out. I hadn't gotten it. And the only so-called easy one left was astronomy. I see. So I took it, and I fell madly in love with it. I loved it because I am a very hands-on person. And unlike the other two classes in the science world that I tried to take, it wasn't all book we had labs and we would go out and it was January in New Brunswick and we'd go out to a huge field um, twice a week and we would look at the constellations and um, be able to name them and, and go through them and the prof would ask us what's this, what's that and it was I actually loved it. I loved going out and looking at the huge night sky and learning the names of the stars and the positioning of the stars and the and the constellation. So I suppose when I look up now, any learning I had, to be honest, was from that class. I've never thought about that till yeah, this moment.
0: When we are in a big, bright night sky, mm-hmm. you'll often point out different constellations and you'll name them and you'll say, see the way this happens and that that's how I can tell that this is that.
1: That's amazing. And in Hitchhiker's Guide, they kind of go from star to star. Mm. So you hear like Beetlejuice, for example, or Betelgeuse mm-hmm. is a star.
0: Right. Uh, Not the movie you're referring well, to. Well,
1: that's where the name comes from. I see. And so on. So do you have a favorite constellation is what I wanted to ask you since we're on stars?
0: All I'll, The only constellation I can name, and I don't know if, even if it's a constellation, is the belt of Orion. That's the only one I'm able to pick out.
1: Well, Orion itself is a constellation. There you go. So that's, I guess It's that. a well-known one, too.
0: I guess I would say Sagittarius because that's my astrological sign. Oh, but I, I wouldn't be able to pick that one. You would not be able if, to find no. it.
1: The one that I always look for when a sky is really full, and again, different times of the year, you're going to see different ones. Everything shifts, of course. Sure. Is is actually a very random one. I don't know. It just atta- I just sort of attached to it, which is the Pleiades.
0: Yes, you always I know. mention it.
1: In Jeopardy, it's always... In Jeopardy,
0: you always get that. I'm like, how do you know that? You're
1: you know like, why? Because there's a Red Hot Chili Pepper song oh. that references it. And so then when I learned it, I think it's like sisters or Greek sisters called the Pleiades. true. Sure. And the thing that I love about the Pleiades is, so it's quite easy to see usually the Big Dipper. Right. And on a really clear sky, you can see the Little Dipper. And the P- Pleiades is sort of in between the two, and it looks like a tiny dipper. Oh, okay. So it's like the the tiniest little dipper. And I don't know, there's just something... I like tiny things, so I... And it's, it's a little cluster sort of right in the middle that looks like a tiny little dipper. So that, I guess that's the one, but I do love seeing Orion as well. And Orion is an important constellation because it has, I believe... Um, Two of sort of the major I don't know, there's a const like the constellation of stars. I remember we had to learn Captain Alderigging seems properly polished, which was Capella Aldebaran So Captain, Capella, Alderigging uh Aldebaran seems serious properly uh, which I believe was uh I'll have to come back to that. Properly polished. And that would be Polaris. Okay. I don't remember why What why that's the order, but that seemed to be Propella? Propeller? I can't remember what that one is, but anyway. And then Betelgeuse is very close by. I see. So, again, I'm not a astronomy whiz at all, but... It's amazing to me when I think about all the learning I attempted to do Mm -hmm. that the learning that probably stuck the most was going out into the field and looking up at the actual sky and Uh, learning that way.
0: Have you ever looked through a telescope in that class, like a a proper telescope to see proper?
1: I believe we were given binoculars so that we could see colors of stars, like some are red and some are blue, and, and you actually can see it on a really clear sky just with your own eyes. The different colors of stars. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, like, Betelgeuse is usually, uh, it's a pretty colorful star, more of a blue. Okay. Um, And Polaris, uh, which is the North Star, I believe. Sirius or Polaris? I think Polaris is the North Star, is a very white star. I
0: think it is the North Star.
1: Yeah, and that's the one, you know, everybody follows and stuff. Sure. So... Um, That's a very, very bright white star compared to, like, Betelgeuse.
0: Did did I ever tell you the time I had to learn how to use a sextant?
1: No, I don't know what that is.
0: A sextant is a device Mm -hmm. that mariners would use to measure the distance of the stars. Oh, wow. Then they would refer to a book that would tell them where they were on the planet based on the measurements. It kind of looked like a... You've seen this device before because when you see it, it has a particular look, almost like a compass, a metal compass that can unfold and move. And, oh,
1: fascinating. And
0: it has like a, a scope on it too. Amazing. And so I was in a film where I was the second in command of a blimp. Okay. Okay. So so that was my role. I was like...
1: We're talking about a lot of uh, old stuff. Oh, I guess...
0: Yes, using a sextant yeah. is an old old yeah, thing, Yeah, old-timey right? so, things. So, this Mariners. Was, this was um in the in the 30s 40s. This was in the it took place in the 1940s, if I'm not what mistaken. What character were you? My character's name was Adalberto Marino. Beautiful. Okay. And it's based on it's based on a true that story. Uh, based on a true story and um so I was this second in command on this blimp. Um and so the blimp can you go in a blimp? No, you don't go inside the blimp part. There's a little, there's a little, like, um... Front part? No, like, in the middle part, there's a little cabin kind of thing.
1: Like a hot air balloon?
0: Kind of, but it's more like a, it's more like a proper cabin that you could be like in.
1: right in the middle of the blimp?
0: Yeah, that kind, not, not in the middle of the blimp, but on hanging. So if you look at the middle of the blimp, underneath the middle part... Okay. There's usually a little
1: like a hot air balloon,
0: but it's not a it's not a wicker basket.
1: Well, no one's saying that, but it's well, a piece that you're hanging from. What's the difference? between... You're not
0: hanging from it. You're in an actual cabin.
1: Okay. What's the difference between a blimp and a zeppelin?
0: I think one is a ger- the German name or the German version, and it was filled with hydrogen. Okay. Is a zeppelin, I think. Okay.
1: So you're in a plane. Okay,
0: let's just set this straight. I'm not a blimp expert. I just played I'm one on a, in a movie. I'm just, not an
1: astronomy expert.
0: I just played one on, in a movie once, mm-hmm. and so um, it turns out this blimp um, doesn't land properly. Has a little crash, and so I, with my with my radio guy, mm-hmm. use a sextant to figure out where in the Arctic we've crashed. Oh, I see. So what happened was. The um,
1: as you're like swimming, or
0: no, we were like we were like on snow
1: in the wicker basket.
0: It was never a wicker basket, so so I had to take a course on how to use a sextant. A whole course, yeah, because we had to make it look like we knew who's
1: teaching that course.
0: It was a video of week uh,
1: one, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, week two. Using a sextant. Week three, the difference between a blimp and a zeppelin.
0: So this really rich guy, I can't remember his name, but one of these really rich guys. Warren Buffett. No, like (laughs) Warren Buffett taught me how to use a sextant. That's an awesome short story if ever there was one. No, it's like some wealthy British. Stop laughing. I know. I get in trouble for for.
1: No, you don't get in trouble. There was one reviewer. It's like they're too funny and that's fine. Yes. Because we're plenty not funny on many other episodes. Um, You have about a million episodes of this
0: podcast. We are not intentionally funny. But anyway, so so we watched a video where the son of a very wealthy man taught us how to use a sextant.
1: Warren Buffett's son?
0: No, it wasn't Warren Buffett. It was a British guy. Okay. I can't remember.
1: Sir Conan Doyle.
0: Sure. His son taught us how to use a sextant. So we learned how to use a sextant. And that's all I can tell you. If if we were stuck somewhere... So it was
1: you and all the other actors?
0: It was me and my good friend, Mark DeAngelis, who was playing the radio guy. Amazing. Um, and we had fake beards on our faces. Oh, and, my gosh. And it was filmed in August. It I was would so love hot. to
1: watch that.
0: It was so hot. And we were in the Arctic in the scene. So um, they had salt to represent snow. Oh, my God. And it was so hot, Amanda. Anyway, so that was... That was my foray into the stars. That's as far as that's
1: I, as far as you forayed. Yeah. Where I have a question for you. Sure. Top three mm-hmm. night skies.
0: Well, when I went to Muskoka once um, to meet some friends by a fire. Mm-hmm. So Muskoka is a um, area north of Toronto for our listeners who aren't local. Um, that has a lot of. Um, Waterways and cottages and I want to say islands. Is that right? Or um,
1: yeah, there's islands in the lakes. Right. Yeah. So
0: there's it's a it's a very
1: it's a lake country.
0: Lake country, and it's north. And so I went to go meet some friends of ours, or friends of mine, mm-hmm. uh, at a campfire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I saw the. Um,
1: Northern Lights, Northern Lights, the Aurora, Aurora Borealis. Borealis. Yeah. By the way, that's what I did my paper on. My final paper in astronomy was on Aurora Borealis. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. That was my final. It was actually the final paper that I wrote, I think, for all of my university.
0: How'd you do on it?
1: I did really well on it. Yeah. What do you remember? I did both about? the Aurora Borealis. There's there's the Northern and actually Southern Lights. Right. I think I did it on both. I don't really remember.
0: They're very green. Yeah, it's very green and very um, soft and floaty.
1: I've never seen them, and I've always wanted to.
0: Yeah, I once saw them from my bedroom window um, one, one late crazy. night. That's crazy. And I've was, lived
1: more north than you, but I've never seen them. So, so Muskoka is sky number one for you. Yes, is bedroom window sky number no, two?
0: No, no. Um, I would probably say somewhere in Europe. I'm sure I looked up at the, sco- at the stars, and it's it was very gorgeous. very specific. Yeah. I'm That's just nice. trying to think. Uh,
1: well, I can tell you mine. Okay. Number one of all, maybe I'll count them backwards. So number three, mm-hmm. New Brunswick. Beautiful open sky, not too much light, beautiful skies in New Brunswick. Number two, uh, when we worked on cruise ships, we would be in the middle of the Caribbean, and you'd just be or even the middle of the atlantic actually coming back from bermuda and just it would just be you on the bow of the ship at 3 in the morning looking up at this magnificent sky
0: you once you, mon- you once made us lay yeah. at the stern of the ship or the front is the front is the stern the front the um, bow of the ship
1: the front part the
0: nose of the ship like the as as aft. A-
1: Starboard.
0: Somewhere, like right at the tip, tippy nose of the ship. The you stern. Us, I think it is the stern. Yeah. You made us lay there and look up as we were traveling mm-hmm. across the ocean. It was pretty beautiful, cool. beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I got bored after a while, but.
1: Yeah, well. Uh, and then the number one sky, the most magnificent sky I've ever seen in my life, was in Boracay in the Philippines. Oh, wow. It was the clearest, most... I mean, it was impossible to look at that sky and not see several shooting stars at once. You saw everything in the universe. It was so dark. Sure. And uh, magnificent in the Philippines. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: I guess my favorite starry sky is in um, Van Gogh's Starry, Starry Night. Yeah. That would be not my... Seeing that... In the museum in Chicago.
1: hmm That was New York, but yeah.
0: Exactly. That's that's probably my favorite starring.
1: Really? I love Van Gogh. Oh,
0: it's one of my favorites. I think it's a cool painting.
1: I know you're trying to be funny, mister. I'm not
0: trying to be funny. I'm not going to be funny. Well,
1: I see it in your eye, the glint in your in the, eye. In the sparkle. The of star the... of your eye. And I'm on a... Different journey. You wanted me to talk about astronomy and to me that's a very beautiful and ethereal
0: thing. But you've never looked in a telescope.
1: No, I have.
0: Oh you have.
1: Who hasn't?
0: I haven't.
1: Yes, I'm sure you have.
0: Not a real like the telescopes, like the proper well, telescopes. I don't know.
1: what we need to do is house it for somebody who's really rich. I feel like really rich people just have a telescope at any moment.
0: Anytime you watch a movie and the person's very very wealthy, they, they have always a they always have a telescope.
1: Yeah, just that's what you have.
0: That's what you gotta have if you're wealthy. When you've earned your first in your million, loft. when you've earned your first million, the first thing you should be shopping for is a telescope. Now, let me ask you this, Amanda, with regards to the sky and the stars and things telescopically speaking. Have you ever seen a star when it's no longer night but day, a day star?
1: Yeah, of course. Oh, you have? Everyone okay. has. The North Star, for sure. Polaris makes its presence known sometimes. That's Same as the moon, yeah.
0: Yeah, but the moon's not a star.
1: Okay. I've seen the sun. Oh, that's
0: true. That's a star. Yeah, the yeah. sun is a star. Yeah,
1: but but I know that's not what you mean. No, the North the North Star, Polaris, you can see often in the day. I don't know about, like, daybreak, like like midday, like 2 p.m., but certainly in the morning you can, yeah, for sure.
0: What about Venus? Have you seen Venus in the night sky?
1: I don't know. I mean, I have seen Venus, because, and I've seen Venus through a telescope.
0: Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah,
1: and that astronomy... I feel like I should go back to university and just take this, this astronomy class that was laughed off as a joke, because now I'm realizing... What an effect it had on me.
0: I guess it
1: was also at that point the only class I was doing that wasn't, um. You know, I I was very immersed in English literature and and drama at that point, so it was the only, it was it was a very different type of class. Yeah, I don't even remember who my prof was, but
0: it certainly seems like you got a lot of it.
1: Out maybe of it I off. should do maybe I should do a continuing ed astronomy class just for fun. That might be fun. Sure. I was always thinking I'd, you know, do a pottery class, but maybe astronomy is what I want to do.
0: You could do a pottery class that incorporates astronomy in it. Imagine having a bowl when you look inside, you see the night sky.
1: Okay. I'm not sure if I'm that talented in either profession.
0: Either discipline. Yeah. Fair.
1: Speaking of pottery.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, we have.
1: We have some Pottery. Great Pottery Throwdown to watch.
0: We have like the last episode to see who wins. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We're really into that kind of stuff. Very into it. Do you have anything that is physical that has stars on it, Amanda?
1: I have a starfish necklace. Mm -hmm. And I had a starfish bracelet for a while, but it broke. Um, But that's probably not what you're asking. How about you?
0: Um, no, I don't have any starry things. I
1: was in a play that I wrote, co-wrote, called Release the Stars. That's true. And so I think you got me something.
0: Well, I got you that necklace that had a star that had like your constellation on it. it had Virgo. Is that, you
1: got me that for that? I have that, but I didn't think it was for that. I thought, oh, I
0: think I had that for your birthday.
1: Yeah, but I, I think you did get me a star bracelet or something, which I do have as well. You buy me a lot of jewelry. I do. I don't. I don't mind it. I love it. Um, yeah, that show was called "Release the Stars," and the star shape was a big influence in that play because it was about what we call stars, which were famous people in pop sure. culture. It was also about things that are star shaped. Right. Um, and
0: uh, do you like the shape of a star? Like, do you like the star shape?
1: Yeah, I do. But how do you make your stars?
0: Oh yeah, i I make them like a, the I, line,
1: the continuous line.
0: Yeah. Whereas you don't do it like that. You do it more like the Star of David, right? You do two triangles. No, and... I used to. Okay.
1: When I learned how to do that, I thought that was a fun thing to draw mm-hmm. on notebooks for a while. But no, I do a I do a proper star. I actually love me. Ma- I love drawing stars. It's when I doodle. It's one of the things I doodle. I'll do like a row of stars, several rows of stars. Um. Yeah, I do like star shaped things. I
0: doodle fish.
1: I think I like astronomy more than I realized. Is you what do has like happened you today. do like
0: astronomy quite a bit. I didn't
1: think I did at all, and now that we're talking about it, I I think I feel quite in awe of the night sky and.
0: It's pretty great to be in a place that doesn't have a lot of lights. Yeah, that's what. And you get to see the you're stars. after. Yeah. Remember
1: the blackout back in two thousand and four? Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: that was that, that was, was incredible. We had a blackout in Toronto, and so all, all across
1: the eastern seaboard of North America.
0: That's right, and so you could really see the stars in a city where you don't really see the stars, which made it very neat.
1: Oh, it was a beautiful. I mean, for anybody who's drifting off to sleep. And and remembers that day, uh, or maybe imagine that day if you don't, sort of walk through just an evening without any electricity in a city, because that's what it was. I, I was on top of the roof of my apartment with my roommates. We were barbecuing everything out of our freezer because we didn't have electricity, like everybody was. All the ice creams, everybody, every store was just giving away its ice cream because nothing could stay cold. Sure. And... Uh, and I'll never forget watching people in suits, you know, w- try to walk home, and a lot of them had an hour commute by car. Right. So they were just trying to find anything they could. But even hotels, you couldn't. I mean, it was cash only. It was. Sure. It was. It was. Um, watching the world shut down in kind of a beautiful way. Yeah. And uh, the starry sky that night was just incredible.
0: Well, imagine having a pint of ice cream and looking up at the stars and enjoying a nice cold ice cream on a hot day and seeing all the stars in the sky. That sounds really
1: Or wonderful. a cool it doesn't have to be ice cream, a cool drink. Sure. Um, or just the the air. It was a warm... It was ex- almost exactly, gosh, 18 years ago. Isn't that interesting? From this week, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful kind of magical weekend, and a lot of people didn't have power for the next few days. Like, it didn't... I'll come back at once. Yeah, I remember I was going to go camping, and it was, do we have enough gas to get to the campground? Right, and um, you know, and 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 if we get to the campground, will it even be open? And it was before smartphones, too. Sure. So, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a magical time to just shut, it, shut the lights off on the world, you know? I think
0: that's one of the reasons people love going camping, because you get mm-hmm. to see all the stars, and you get to sleep under the stars. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope wherever you are, the stars shine on you this evening as you... Make your way to sleep as Amanda sends her final yawn out to you. It's
1: it, I'm ready for sleep, All for right. sure.
0: Well, that's where we're heading, so I hope you've already had it there. And until next time, we hope you were able to listen and sleep.